Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Hyde in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Logic, the deputy mayor is in the house. The mayor is at points unknown beginning his 11-day weekend. Is that what the mayor does on these Memorial Days and Labor Days and 11-day weekend? He does. I'm sure there's a bit of diversity training going on today, but well, more pressing questions. I know he left you the, uh, the gavel with the stand in case you need to make any proclamations, but did he also, did he leave you keys to the uh, mini fridge back there? Uh, he he did not. Okay, we're gonna have to break in again this year. I, then. Well, yeah, because okay. I, I do have uh, tools okay. down at my desk in the TV newsroom Got that it. I can uh, bring him up because uh, if he's gonna leave us, we're gonna leave him empty-handed. Now I know one of your favorite things about when I fill in is how I kind of parachute in, uh, kind of at the at the last minute. As a producer, that is what you. That's what gives a producer zero stress, right? Absolutely. What times? You well, gonna... like you like, I've never seen you in a stressful moment. <laughs> In your entire life. Yes, so, of course not. But but you you have to at least be impressed. When I do show up, I have a plan. It's not like, I, like I'm like i just showing up it's and It's not hey, like Jay Coles, right? No, You're exactly. Not, like Coles. not at I all. Mean, we like can just Jay. say names because we would say it if he was sitting right here. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. In fact, I hope he's listening, but I'm guessing he's not. I'm guessing he's sunning himself on a rock somewhere. Probably on the river. Probably. Upper St. Croix somewhere. Uh, but but uh, you know we, we do have a plan. And of course, usually the reason I'm parachuting in is because I've been busy down in the TV newsroom. And I, I was actually able today to get my story shot and written and the voice track done. And my photographer is down editing it right now for the, the 5 o'clock news. Oh, nice. So, um, so, I, so I am going to be very relaxed for the next two hours because I don't have to, I don't have it going through my head. Oh, boy, how am I going to get all this done when I get off the air here at 3? Right. That's um, uh, along those same lines uh, for my best of uh, Garage Logic on Monday and the best of sports talk. I've already selected those segments and have slotted them into the uh, the computer, so I'm pretty much stress-free right now. Well, this is going to be a stress-free two hours. We're going to do anything. So we've got to make sure we do not stress out no. our listeners at all. Of course not. Now, I'm going to screw that up right off the bat because right. when we come back from a break here in a little bit, uh, we're going to talk politics. Oh, yeah. and well, there's a lot because, going on. Because the busy thing I've been doing today was kind of a surprise move. The lieutenant governor of Minnesota is now officially the lieutenant governor and only the lieutenant governor. She's no longer also a senator. And you know what? I That kind of slid off the radar from me. And that happening today, I will be happy. I'll be eager to hear yeah. and, how and, and why and 
Could she not do both, or did she choose not to do both? I guess we'll find out later. Yes, we will We will talk about that. And you know, all of our uh, listeners who are on their way to cabins, right at this very moment, at Try this to, very moment, enjoying this 83-degree weather. and Trying to beat the traffic, because that's all you do at the cabin. It, Think absolutely. about how you can beat the traffic going there and coming back. Yeah, absolutely. You, you give little thought to what you're going to do when you're at the cabin. Right. It's how do I get there, and how do I get back There's, with minimal... You know, hassle factor. There's seven minutes, seven minutes of this weekend. If you're going to a cabin, there's seven minutes when you will sit back and you will have your lemonade or your uh, whiskey, whatever, or your beer, and you will say, all is good. Yes. And then once that seven minutes expires, it's back to how do we get home to beat everybody on 169? And it's really good if you have whiskey, lemonade, and beer all at the same time. Then it is really that's a, good. That's a power pack that- seven minutes. <laughs> It really is. You I guess the whiskey and lemonade would be a Lynchburg lemonade. I would, you know, I would. Is that what that's called? In a while, I did not know that. Now uh, I am joined today. You met Maya, who is over here dutifully writing in her journal. Maya is a senior at St. Paul Academy. She's been shadowing me this month. Uh, okay, kind of learning a little bit of how uh, television news works, and also uh, at the state capitol. Maya has been at. Uh, Several news conferences with Governor Dayton, right? And today she was at the one where the lieutenant governor got and sw- was sworn in. So it's a great experience for her. So I, yeah. I told her today, for something completely different, you can learn a little bit about uh, how radio works. And, and I emphasized the little bit because mm-hmm. I don't know. This isn't really professional radio, what really we're not. doing. She's not going to be no. impressed. No, let's, she's let's not. Let's just say, Maya, don't. As the Dalai Lama once said, if you came with expectation, you will get disappointment. <laughs> and this is... But I did learn, yeah, St. Paul Academy. Now, it's a small world. My my daughter went to visitation, who's, who's graduating, but yeah. Maya goes to school with a couple of uh, gals that she played hockey with on this year's uh, Consolation Champion uh, female hockey team. Yeah, and, and Maya's going to graduate this year as well, and then off to Boston University. Oh, nice. So she's not a very smart... Uh, high school no, all those either, uh, all those Spartans are dummies over there. Yeah, you know that's uh, is, are they Spartan? Oh, the St. Paul Academy. St. Paul Academy. Yeah. I thought the Boston Spartan. University. They're not Spartans. What are they? Terriers? They're terriers. So I don't even know, but I know that the Academy. They're the Spartans because I grew up and when I grew up directly across from Drake Arena. Oh, on sure. The corner. Maya and I were just talking about Drake Arena. My kids used to play uh, youth hockey there years ago. Yeah, Maya. My old home is now the parking lot where. Um, you walk out on Juno and Wheeler. I was now, the last house in the yeah, corner. That he used to live in a, in a parking lot. Now he lives in an alley. I and guess is that down by the river. <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, yeah. anyway, it's fun to have Maya here, so she can get at least an idea of how you know the sound of our voices gets out onto the airwaves. But again, I want to stop short of saying she's seen professional radio. No, she'll see right. today how it should not be done. Yes. And then she'll know which path to go when she yeah. gets to Boston. And so she is undecided on her major when she gets uh, to uh, Boston University. But I'm pretty sure by the time she's done hanging out with me at the Capitol and with you and me in radio, broadcasting yeah, is probably out. not going to be <laughs> probably not going to be on the, uh, the, the possible major agenda that for her. That makes sense. So we're going to take a break here, and we're going to come back with Larry Jacobs from the University of Minnesota. We're going to talk about Minnesota's suddenly changed lieutenant governor situation, the recent vetoes by Governor Dayton, and we're going to look ahead to the Republican and Democratic state conventions next week. Uh, going to be very interesting Ooh. at both of those conventions. Larry Jacobs from the U of M Humphrey School after this.
Synchronics Logic Segment Number 2 I think it's very appropriate that Hall and Oates would be singing What's Going On. <laughs> were they just here or are they coming? Uh, they were just here yeah, with, so th- um, a week or two ago, right? A week or two ago, and they were also here last year, and they were with um, a Simply Red. Oh, okay. Is it Simply Red? Yeah. No, no, Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. Excuse the me. only concert on my docket so far for the summer is the Eagles and uh, Jimmy Buffett at Target Field. A couple of bucket list items. You're going to go? Oh, you are going to go see the yes. Eagles? Yes. Oh, that's funny because I always thought... Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the f- Eagles, man. From uh, <laughs> Lebowski. <laughs> well, I love the Eagles. Yes. So, and I love Jimmy Buffett. And when you can see them both at the same time, I say, why not? That's true. Is Mr. Jacobs on the line with us? He sure is. Lawrence, how are you today? I am loving this weather. Yeah, you you uh, are not en route to a uh, cabin or a lake or a some place to cool off. You're just going to be at the Jacobs Estate in lovely St. <laughs> Paul. That's right. Yeah. No, you go to uh, you go to Cape Cod every summer. Do you still do that? Yeah, we go Cape Cod and New Hampshire. Up, you know, up north in New Hampshire, you camp and. Beautiful mountains, fishing. In the time of year you go, uh, is it really humid? Because I've only been to Cape Cod once. It was about 20 years ago, and it was hot and humid. It was awesome, but it was hot and humid. You know, it's hot and humid in the daytime, and then you get, because it's out in the ocean, it's a peninsula, you get this incredible ocean cooling. You got these hundreds of seals swimming around all the time. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, it's nice to talk about vacation things while we are about to start a political discussion. And you and I talked on the phone a little bit ago about this uh, lieutenant governor situation, which is it's, it's very odd how it all came about to begin with. Al Franken accused of sexual harassment. He ends up resigning. The governor appoints the lieutenant governor to be the new U.S. senator. So according to the Constitution, the next in line is the uh, Senate president. In this case, it was a Republican, Michelle Fishbach. During the session, she held both jobs. That was about to go to court once again next month. And now that legal action has ended because she surprised everyone today by resigning from the Senate and officially swearing in as lieutenant governor. What's going to be the difference other than the fact she'll make quite a bit more in salary for the next seven months? You know, probably not. The The reality is that the governor calls the shots. There's almost no legal responsibilities or authority for a tenant governor. It's, it's almost like they're, they're kind of um, wait around and replace the governor if something happens to him. So there's probably not much that's going to happen. But the irony of, the you know, the fracas uh, nature of our parties, where they can't get along, they can't even pass basic legislation, and here you've got Governor Dayton, liberal Democrat, and you've got a conservative Republican, Michelle Fishbach, having to work together. That is just, <laughs> you can't dream that up. Well, we were looking up in the Constitution again today. You know, there's not a lot of duties. Let's face it, there are no duties prescribed right. <laughs> for the lieutenant no, governor. Right. There's a big, long list for the governor of the state. And for the lieutenant governor, you know, it's whatever they find for that person to do. So it's... It's, it's not like there is a huge 
policy role and especially in between sessions uh, about the biggest difference will be she'll go from whatever the Senate salary is, something in the 30s, 31, 32,000, up to 80-some thousand, I think, as lieutenant governor, for seven months anyway. And uh, But she will fill this role. And as you said, in the unlikely, and we hope it doesn't happen, event something would happen to the governor, she would become governor. Now, while we that's very unlikely to happen, even if it did happen and she became governor, there's no way Republicans could say, oh, good, this is our opportunity to to call a special session and do whatever we want. But it would get trickier because now, Larry, the Senate That's is right. tied 33-33. That's right. So that kind of makes that a moot point. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, great fodder for speculation. Uh, if something happened to Dayton, you know, could the Republicans then turn around and pass, let's say, the tax legislation that they really wanted? Uh, they'd probably get one Democrat to jump over. On the other hand, Democrats are salivating because they think they have a shot at taking the majority in the House right now, which is controlled by Republicans, and the Republicans control the Senate uh, by one vote until Fishbach stepped down. Now it's 33-33. There will be an election in November to replace Fishbach, and Democrats are saying they have a shot to pick up that seat. Probably that's a fantasy because it's a fishbach comes from a pretty conservative district. Yeah, that that seat seems pretty safe for Republicans. If they're going to make gains in the next election, uh, it's going to be because remember there are the, this will be the only Senate seat that will be in play mm-hmm. uh, because all the rest will it's just the House that is up this year. So, uh, but it, you're right, it is interesting fodder. And the other thing is because there is no. A court battle that will be seen through to its conclusion, we are still left with this unknown situation about what happens the next time there's a vacancy with lieutenant governor and uh, a senator gets elevated. Well, that that's a gift to future radio show hosts <laughs> so they can talk about this. <laughs> Audio manna from heaven is what we call that. Abs- <laughs> well, and you know, uh, I, I think they should change the Constitution so that the producer of Garage Logic should be the next in line to be <laughs> lieutenant governor. Because it turns out Rookie doesn't do much around here. Oh, so that way would be too many no, skeletons that would not pass the background check. That, <laughs> the Constitution does not require background checks. I'm so in, I think I'm in. you'd want to take the pay cut. <laughs> well, there is that too. All oh, right. If only you knew. Huh? Yeah, uh huh. So, uh, Larry, let's talk about what Governor Dayton did a couple of days ago. I had you on uh, television on the Political Insider segment the other night, and Governor uh, Dayton, we talked about what we thought Governor Dayton would do with the tax and education bill and the spending bill. Both you and Stephen Scheer agreed he was probably going to veto those. The bonding bill you thought he would sign. He hasn't taken action on that yet, but he did veto the tax and spending bills. I know that wasn't a surprise to you, but what impact might that have on the elections? You know, it could irritate uh, voters. It could charge up the base of each party's. But, you know, I don't think it's going to have much impact. And here's the test. When you go home and you talk to your neighbors, do you hear anyone shouting and screaming? I'm not seeing any big headlines about the disaster from the governor's vetoes. The budget and the government staying open was determined last year. So there's no threat of a government shutdown. Instead, we've got missed opportunities of uh, policies that could have been put in place, and we've got a looming disaster on the on the tax front um, because 300,000 Minnesotans could see a tax hike 
amounting to about $858 million in the first year. But that's not going to happen until after the election. So the vetoes, I don't think, really registered with most Minnesotans. I think people are thinking about holiday. Yeah, and by the way, I, I do hear my neighbors shouting and screaming. It's not generally about politics, <laughs> but uh, and certainly not about this particular issue. Uh, although they are going to be shouting when they have to sit down and do their taxes, as you talked about. Uh, it, it seems even if the next legislature in January was going to try to fix this, it's probably going to be too late to have a big impact. Well, we could see something after the election and and. Both the governor and um, the Senate Majority Leader Gazelka have kind of winked and nod, saying, let's see how things work out. Um, I think there'll be an effort after the election to, um, to do something, because we don't want to see uh, Minnesotans get whacked, and neither party wants to see that. And it would definitely have to be bipartisan now, because the Senate would be 33-33 in that case, unless they immediately seat the winner of that special election. Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work because there is going to be a special election for Fishbach's seat, but it's going to be held in conjunction with the general election. Yeah, so, so the question there will be when they get sworn in. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Again, fodder for another uh, radio show down the road. So, Larry, let's look ahead to the state political convention because right now we're all focused on Memorial Day, but all the political types in the state of Minnesota are focused on the Democratic and Republican state conventions. The Republicans will be in Duluth. Let's talk about that one first. The 800-pound gorilla will not be there. Tim Pawlenty is not going to seek the endorsement. So it's Mary Giuliani Stevens and Jeff Johnson and Philip Parrish who will be battling for that endorsement. What do you see happening there? Well, the, the, the assumption is that Jeff Johnson is going to win the endorsement and maybe handily. Um, he should. He's been running. He was the endorsed candidate uh, and nominee uh, in, in the last election. And he's been running for 16 months in this cycle. He started a year ago, January. Yeah, and he's raised some money. I mean, there are all sorts of reasons. But I've been talking to some Republicans, and particularly strategists and leader types, and they're saying they don't see Jeff Johnson catching on. Um, and they think this could well end up as a deadlock convention without an endorsement. They've talked about um, Mary Giuliani Stevens picking up some momentum. Phil Parrish, who's running on a pretty strong anti-immigrant message, has got people all worked up. Um, so I think there's a little bit of surprise that Jeff Johnson doesn't have this you know, locked up by this point. Wow, because that would be a fascinating situation if they end up in a deadlocked convention, because you could have a certain faction that that likes Tim Pawlenty and, you know, would like to see him be the general election candidate, but they don't have the option of voting for him at the convention. And maybe they think this might help him in a primary and then maybe the general election if he if there's a deadlocked uh, a deadlock for the endorsement so that nobody gets endorsed. Yeah, the significance there is that the part the Republican Party would not be on the side of, let's say, Jeff Johnson. It would be sitting on the sidelines. On the other hand, if we're looking at a primary where you've got Tim Pawlenty, Jeff Johnson, uh, Mary Giuliani Stevens, and Phil Parrish all running, that may create headaches for, for Tim Pawlenty. Which lane is he going to run in? 
Yeah, it's it, either way, the primary is going to be fascinating that we know is coming on the Republican side. Now, on the Democratic side, there's also been talk about a potential deadlock there. Aaron Murphy has been picking up a lot of major endorsements. Uh, AFSME, I believe SEIU, uh, the nurses. Uh, Tim Walls, I think, got Education Minnesota, right? And then yes. Rebecca Otto has, has picked up a few. But but it it certainly seems that a lot of people thought Walls might be you know, able to waltz away with that endorsement. See what I did there, Rook? But <laughs> uh, but now it looks like it's going to be a really tight convention. It looks like Waltz might be waltzing alone um, because he, he has not picked up the kind of momentum people expected after very successful February uh, a state party uh, caucus in which he did very well all around the state. He's done well in fundraising. He's picked up a lot of endorsements, and particularly from the prominent DFL types. But uh, as you say, uh, we've seen momentum by Otto and Murphy. And right now I was talking to a couple uh, DFL strategists and party people. They think Waltz has plateaued at about 40%, mid-40s. And they're questioning you know, how well he's going to do. There are new rules that the DFL uh, honcho has put in place hoping to get to an endorsement. But... This could also be a case where there is no endorsement. Yeah, well, that could make both of these conventions uh, fascinating to watch. It will also, Larry, and the final thing for you, this will, again, call into question the importance and the future of the endorsing process. As we know, Governor Dayton, when he was first elected, uh, wasn't even allowed into their convention and ran without endorsement and became governor and has served for eight years. Arne Carlson was never endorsed by Republicans in his two runs for office. What if we have two deadlocked conventions or you do come out with endorsements and then the endorsed candidate doesn't win in the primary? What is that going to say about the future of the endorsing process? Well, I think it's been on life support. Uh, the Democrats haven't endorsed a candidate for statewide office and particularly the governor uh, race in some time. Um, the, there is a push, it's bipartisan really, to move the primary up to about now, to June, um, like a lot of states. Uh, but you've got these kind of diehard die supporters of the uh, state party conventions, and they've been able to hold it off, but I don't know how much longer. I, I think you're right. I think the uh, future of the endorsing process is very much up in the air. All right, Larry Jacobs, I'm going to let you get on with your Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure you've got the flip-flops on already, the barbecue. I think I can hear it. Sizzling in the Sizzling background. In the Do you background. hear that? I heard Wait, I heard glasses clinking. I heard some ice shuffling around in a barrel there. Is that accurate? If you listen carefully, you can hear some beer uh, bottles being opened, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I do not doubt that at That's all. That's my guy. Uh, Larry, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. And we will be in touch with you after the holiday. And uh, we'll talk more about the conventions later. Okay, take care. All right. Larry Jacobs from the University of Minnesota Humphrey School. Always nice of him to join us. We're going to take a break, and Johnny Height will be here with the news. Situations. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number Three. Thank you for that post. That was me on the post. Very I hit that one. Very impressive. This is a great song by The Cure, Mint Car. The 
only happy song they ever did. Yeah. Here with you, it's perfect. It's all I ever wanted. No AC. I almost can't believe that it's for real. So pitch me a is a happy Friday I'm going to the cabin song. Yeah. <laughs> we should all just stop talking and just play that Are song. Are any of us going people. to a cabin this weekend? Uh, no, but our, our neighborhood <laughs> pool, we have a neighborhood pool and it opens. So that's like, oh, okay. that's like my uh, water source. It's I, in my backyard. Kenny I, invited me to some type of cabin that was confusing. I, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't no, go to that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to. I never get cabin invites. You don't. I, I think nobody likes me or my family. You should talk to Kenny. Huh? No, I'm not <laughs> have going you, to Kenny's have, crazy cabin. Have you, whatever have you, he called have it. Have you tried to look into why that might be at all? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know already, so have, I'm just going to look Have people, these people who have gotten a look at your house and the way you live there? Yeah, it's just they, they, they say no. Just my lifestyle, I think. <laughs> now, a man I'm sure who gets plenty of cabin invites, well, except for today, apparently, because he's sitting here with us. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, Mr. Johnny Hunt. Thanks, Tom. Sunny and 83 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Uh, speaking of Mr. Olson, uh, traffic is nuts, of course, already. And uh, I'm just going to read you what he just put on his Twitter account moments ago, okay? What? The Hot Mess Express has been compromised. West... <laughs> Westbound 94 is seeing painful constipation from the Fish Lake split to a lane blocker at 101 in Rogers. Responders are also blocking eastbound 94 at 101. Good luck. So wow. Things already in? getting busy. He is in. Okay, I had to make traffic. an errand this morning before coming in. It is ridiculous how early the rush starts on a holiday Friday weekend. Yeah. Right. Now, did it start for you on your way into the, the yeah, station? Yeah, it must have been about 9 a.m. He was probably heading into the station, I'm sure, <laughs> it, uh, really early. The uh, Twins, they're back at it after a day off. They're out on the West Coast to play the Seattle Mariners. Fernando Romero pitches for the Twins. Tough lefty James Paxton will go for Seattle. Links are at New York. They'll play the Liberty this evening. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow's the Town Ball Classic at Target Field. Three yeah. games. 10 a.m., Class C, Kimball and Lake Henry. 1 p.m., Class B, Meesville and Victoria. And the 4 p.m. game is the Class A game, the Minneapolis All-Stars against the St. Paul All-Stars. Can you walk me through this? Yes. Uh, there's beer available there. Absolutely. They have beer stands. I knew Reavers was going to be all over this. And although they won't have every single concession stand open. No, they have. what they do is the two uh, concession stands that are right behind the home plate on the main level, because just the, yeah. the, the main level is the only okay. seating area that's open yep. for the day. Um, those two concession stands are open, and there are actually uh, guys that walking around like a regular beer vendor at a Twins game. Oh, okay, yeah. it's so really they, cool. So you can you'll have a little shade and get a nice cold beer, and you can get a hot dog. Let's go. And we're starting earlier this year because we uh, we have the soccer game on these yeah. airwaves later, so we're, we want to get all three games in and get all the games on the air before the soccer game starts. So that's why we're starting them starting them. Excuse me, a little bit earlier this year. And you have our local guy uh, Dan Flanagan and Charlie Beatty. They're both uh, doing the games tomorrow. Those guys are awesome. They always are willing to pitch. And help out, and they and they do a really good job. They're they're pros. They, uh, Flanagan's a uh, a Fordham grad, and uh, who is the guy that does the Mets play by play for the Mets? Um, I don't remember, but he said Flanagan's uh, up and coming. So watch for this kid down the road. All those uh, broadcasters wow. are gonna be looking over their shoulders.
If you would like to go to the games, it's very easy. Just go to our website, 1500ESPN.com. Keyword is town ball. Tickets, only 10 bucks yep. for all three games. That's it's, right. it's a fun time. Uh, stop down. Enjoy great baseball and uh, a nice, cool beverage. And one last thing, a big tip of the cap to our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They stepped up and made a sizable donation to be nice. the presenting sponsor for those guys. Those guys are awesome. They've Excellent. been partners with me on the beer show for all four and a half, almost they're five years now. They're a sponsor to the show. Where are they located? Uh, a corner of Hiawatha and 42nd in South Minneapolis and in White Bear Lake, Highway 61 and 4th Street. And he was on the show last Wait night. He was on the show last night, and uh, he's ready for the Memorial Day weekend <laughs> rush. Let's just put <laughs> yes. it that way. No, I'll I, stop by there today. I'm going to be in downtown White Bear tonight. Perfect. 4th and White Bear. And, uh, 61 and 4th 61. Street. Oh, got it. And at exactly the, at the risk of starting controversy, will the beer prices be less than at a Major League Baseball game? <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> Way to bring us down, at the, at the risk of... Down. Well, no, but if you're, you're getting three baseball games, though, for well, the price but, of one. And so people do ask that a lot, and, and the way it was explained to me by the Twins, because, you know, Delaware North is the one that sets the yes, prices, it's not absolutely. the Twins, and they have yep. to offset... Those prices are at that point because they have to offset their employee costs, basically. So, yes. yeah, it is the same price as, as it would be for a I Twins game. I wasn't speaking against it. I no. was just one right. of those... People go in with their eyes wide open, but you're getting three ball games for 10 bucks. Don't, don't worry. You don't get that for the Twins. It ain't so. going to hurt beer sales on a 90-degree <laughs> day in no, Northfield. No. <laughs> exactly. The news notes from today, Wyzetta High School officials nope. say school Town is Ball canceled. Central, can I help That's you? <laughs> phone there, Chris. Wyzetta High School officials say school is canceled for the remainder of the day after a kiln fire in the art room this morning. Ooh. Students who drove to school were able to go home. A tweet said Buses were arriving at the school to pick up students this morning. Uh, students should take the same bus home they normally would. The district said earlier the entire school evacuated as a precaution. President Trump said today his administration back in touch with North Korea and the two sides may reschedule his summit meeting with Kim Jong-un, perhaps even on the original June 12th date. That's a reversal, of course, from the president canceling it yesterday. Here's what he told reporters. He said, we'll see what happens. It could even be the 12th. We're talking to them now. They want to do it. They want They want very much to do it. We'd like to do it. We'll see what happens. The president indicated he was pleased with the conciliatory statement released by North Korea after his decision to scrap the summit meeting. You know, someday historians are going to look back at the verbiage that came out of the president and they're going to go, <laughs> you know, that doesn't exactly sound like Roosevelt, does it? <laughs> you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. We'll see. You know, maybe it'll happen the day before. We're going to roll the dice yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> And Vladimir Putin said today he would respect the Russian Constitution, which bans anyone from serving two straight uh, consecutive presidential terms, meaning he'd step down from his post in 2024 when his current uh, term we expires. We don't know that. Uh, now, he, this has happened before. When his current 13-year term right. expires. This, yeah. this has happened before. He stepped down as president once before in 2008 after serving two back-to-back terms, but then came back in 2012 after doing a stint as prime minister, a maneuver he would be legal in title to carry out again if if he so i read desires. somewhere that he's in big trouble when he steps down because the uh the russian mob mafia somebody was out to get him really now I've, where, where do you read that. this i don't remember where i read that <laughs> nope maybe that was marmaduke nope forget that <laughs> scratch that that was that was or was it. that a dilbert yeah well, that was dilbert yeah, yeah, yeah i'm sorry dilbert cartoon yeah <laughs> yeah 
All right, should we wrap it up here? I think that's enough. I think, I think I that's think, enough. You know, and people wonder where the fake news comes from. I think, did you read that on a, on a, a legitimate fake news I don't remember where site? I read that, but I know that I read it somewhere. I don't think, you know, Vladimir Putin is going to have to worry. He has a, a, a lot of money. When yep. he leaves office, he he'll have a lot, a lot of, of money. stole a lot of money already. Yep. Yep. yep, he'll have a lot of bodyguards. I, I think he'll be fine. Plus, have you seen him when he rides a horse without a shirt on? He looks like he can handle himself. He'll take care of himself. All right. yeah. Now, speaking of guys that will ride a horse without their shirt on. I don't think I want to hear Jonathan that. Jonathan Uhas. <laughs> is coming up with his forecast. I think we've had that on the air before. Yes. They put a parking lot on a piece of land. All right, here we go. Uh, we got a pinch hitter. We got two pinch hitters today. Mr. Hauser in for Mr. Souchere. And then Mr. Jonathan Uhas in for a vacationing David Wallace doll. And he's brought to us by Metafast Weight Control Center. And did he ride in, in fact, on a horse with no shirt on? Where do you think Putin got the idea? Well, that could be. Jonathan has worked everywhere. And he that's his calling card, isn't it? It pretty much is, except it's a black horse, not a white horse. <laughs> that's right. That's what it is. He's <laughs> a little bad in me. He likes yes. To, he likes to, yeah, he likes to change it up a bit. Yeah, yeah when lights you, go out, it's crazy time. Yeah, <laughs> now you're getting too more. much information. <laughs> Hang on tell here, us, Jonathan. Tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm in bed by 9 o'clock at night most nights. I'm so, uh, Jonathan, I know you are a runner like I am, and I ran just three miles this morning, and even uh, at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, it was... Pretty, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, and it's going to be a really, really hot weekend uh, and still very humid. Uh, as you know, Tom, that Grandma's Marathon's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Three and, weeks from tomorrow. And and this is the weekend that most people do their real big uh, prep 20-mile run for Grandma's Marathon, usually Memorial Day weekend. And it's going to be uh, up into the 90s during the daytime hours and the 70s for those early morning runs. So this is uh, a little bit warmer than what we would typically have on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, typical would be... 72, 74 degrees for highs. Typical lows would be about 55, 58, but we're going to be 92 to 95 for highs and nighttime lows about 72. I'll give you a quick uh, weather uh, lesson for today, and that is, are, have you guys ever heard of the convective temperature before? Uh, yes, I have. Convective temperature. I but have Mostly not. In, a, in a convection uh, oven. That's, is that the same that's thing? That's heating pizzas. <laughs> it, well, we're heating thunderstorms. So it's kind of the same principle. So the bottom line is this. We're at 84 degrees right now. Today, our convective temperature is 89. So what that means is as soon as we get to 89 degrees, and we're forecasting a high of 90, as soon as we get to 89, that's the time you'll start to see thunderstorm clouds trying to whip up and uh, create a little bit of rain here this afternoon. So they won't be as uh, robust as they were yesterday, but... Uh, between about 4 p.m. and 9 p.m., we'll have some spotty thunderstorms, and that'll cool some things off. But if you watch that temperature, once it gets around 89, that's when you'll start to see the clouds uh, get a little more feisty looking. And Jonathan, is it, is it accurate to say, and I'm not I'm not belittling what the forecast was yesterday, those storms kind of popped up out of nowhere over well, us. It was a, it's, a same, it's the same deal. Uh, yesterday's convective temp was up around 93, 92 degrees, and we got up there to 92 and 93. And then what's happening is that it's there's colder air 
way up in the sky around 15,000, 18,000 feet on any given day. And so that heat that's building up at the surface, once it gets up there, it just blows up into these storms. So they weren't tornado storms. They were just simply, it's getting a little too hot at the surface. We call them air mass thunderstorms. And their their job is to cool things down. If you talk to people from Florida this time of the year, they'll tell you it rains every day at three o'clock because they hit their convective temps at about that time. And then it cools it off, makes it crazy humid. And when it's humid, the air is going to rise faster and be more unstable because typically air will cool three and a half degrees per thousand feet. But when it's humid, like it is today, the air will only cool two degrees per thousand feet. So it it becomes very unstable as that hot, humid air gets up aloft, and that's why we get these storms. So the storms yesterday were borderline low severe, and I think why they knocked some trees down is because it rained so hard, it gave the uh, ground that pudding effect. Uh, meaning that the ground quickly, soil got very, very mushy really fast, and then those trees can just topple over with even 40-mile-per-hour wind gusts. Usually it takes about 70-mile-per-hour wind gusts to get a tree down, and we were seeing those trees uh, popping over at about 50 miles Well, I'll tell you, I was in the newsroom last night working on a a story at about 7 o'clock last night, and I kept looking out the window, and it kept getting a little bit darker, a little bit darker. Finally, I looked up about 7.15 or 7.20, and it was pitch black. I had to double check to make sure I knew what time it was. Yeah. Those because sunset's not till like 8.30. And it was pitch black outside. Well, you have these clouds that are uh, five miles in uh, distance from the base of the cloud all the way to the top. So it just blocks the whole sunlight out. And typically when they're black like that, the blacker they get, the more intense they are, the heavier the rain that's coming because the cloud is uh, more dense. So that's pretty much it. All right. So there's a chance of... Not as strong as storms today, but certainly keep an eye out for rain between 4 yeah. and 9. Let me okay. let me give you the forecast here real quick. So a chance for some spotty thunderstorms here, just like you said, between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Some areas won't get anything, while other areas could get even up to a half inch of rain. So it's that kind of a deal. It looks like the thunderstorms are going to probably favor the north side of the metro and the far, far east side. Now, there could be some severe storms, Rochester to Eau Claire and points east and south. But uh, here in the Twin Cities, we're not forecasting severe storms. But just know if you get under one of these, heavy rain is certainly possible for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Tonight, we'll drop down to about 70. And then tomorrow, hazy sunshine, high at 92. Sunday, we're going 95 with hazy sunshine. Monday, we're going 93. Hazy sunshine, a chance for some thunderstorms late Monday night. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, as we get, uh, we actually get a real cold front around, that could ignite some stronger storms. And so cold fronts and warm fronts, that's when you start getting the really uh, bigger storms. And we don't have that situation set up today. All right, Jonathan, we'll check back with you in an hour. Sounds good. And yeah, get put an your update. shirt back on. Yeah, get your shirt back on. <laughs> get and this that all, horse out of there. We, because there's going to be listeners wanting to know that all-important Memorial Day forecast again. We'll have an update on that in about an hour from now. We're going to take a break. Yeah, thanks, And we'll Jonathan. be back on Garage Logic.